The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the, the after, after show, show, the after show. This is the after show. Hey, everybody. It's the after show. It's Wednesday, and this is the show after the show, after the regular Cigar Authority show that we do on Saturday. And we talk about things that uh, just come to mind and, and even even light up maybe a different cigar than we smoked. We smoked C&D, and now maybe we smoke something that we see a band on. That would be fun. Uh, and a couple of episodes back, we did Lanceros. Right. And this was told to me that this is a half Lancero. Ed, you believe this? Um, I do. All right. You know, usually you'd think, okay, well, they just made a different size in it. But, uh, you know, according to our friend Skip Martin, they are rolling a Lancero, cutting it in half, and then applying the wrapper. And looking at the already cut head... Um, it looks like there was never a head to it. I don't think it's an already cut head. There was never a head. Right. Uh, very interesting. And I bet they sell at least twice the amount of these than they do Lanceros. <laughs> More than likely. Because there's two and, automatically. But uh, Yeah, this puts you in sort of a, a different smoking experience, right? Because if you're in a hurry, this is a nice little cigar to pick up. I'll tell you, the cold draw tastes like spree candies. Spree. Wow, I haven't had those in, well, decades. Next month, when we, when the uh, E versus F come out, we're going to get really deep into these weird flavors like we talked about. We'll get into weird stuff like, you know, that's not on the wheel. The Spree uh, candy isn't no. there. But we all know what that tastes like. By the way, I didn't get that on the cold draw. No. But um, I'm lighting it up. Anyway. And I'm getting what I expected when I lit it up, which is a little little slap in the in the nose. Boom. It gives you, yeah, it gives you, it lets you Let know you, you're smoking yeah. something. And you, you wouldn't expect it from a smaller cigar yeah. like this. Here but, I am. Here I am. What I want to, yeah. Yeah, according to Skip, it just makes the bunching easier to do it as the seven. Yeah. Before, you know, rather than trying to deal with a, a little format yeah. from scratch. And this is exactly a three and a half. Three and a half and three and a half is seven, and it's a thirty-eight. If, if that's the fact, and I, why would I argue with that? It, it looks like it's true. Yep. Uh, you take a Lancero and cut it in half. Now, automatically, if every Lancero company does that, they will sell twice as many cigars <laughs> automatically because they cut them in half. It's automatically two. Uh, but I, is it really a good value for the smoker? Because if you were to double the remnant of this, let's say you can smoke it just a little bit past the band. 
and then the second one you could smoke a little bit past the band. You put yeah. those two together, oh. and you still have enough cigar to enjoy. So therefore, you've lost a little more. You'd you'd probably want the Lancero at that point. Not if you don't have time to smoke a Lancero. Though. Yeah. Listen, Ed smokes a lot of cigars, and he has plenty of time to smoke the Lancero, but he chooses the smaller formats anyway. And as I've been hanging around with you for the past few years, you're getting I'm, there, right? I'm digging it. I'm well, digging what you're doing. Well, he gets a lot of touches. He yeah. gets a lot of different flavors I'm by smoking touchy. the smaller formats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would rather have six cigars a day, six small cigars a day, then maybe three twice that size. Right. The, the problem for me is that there aren't all that many no. small no. format cigars that I enjoy. Because people don't get it. Because a lot of people don't put out a small format cigar. I never had a um, Roma Craft Lancero before. We've had this told of these magic cigars are on their way, but it's been going on for weeks and weeks. I don't know how true that is or not. We will see. We will check the postage, actually, yeah. to see if the date. Don't just throw the package away. No, no, no. <laughs> We're going to do some for- yeah. forensics. Yeah, yeah. I, mean. I want that shit fingerprinted. I want to make sure that Skip packed it himself. So speaking of forensic, <clears throat> I want to go deep and tell the folks that are out there. I want to tell them a little something. Cigar smokers don't know. That goes on in the cigar industry. So here we are deep in the cigar industry in all aspects. But did you know that cigar manufacturers sometimes force cigar retailers to carry certain brands? How could that possibly be? They force you to do it. You must carry these other brands. Or else what? You must showcase certain ones of their brands Certain amount of SKUs, and a SKU is the, you know, a, a box of cigars and available by the single. Different brands, different sizes, in order that you can get these other ones, the one you want, right? So the limited editions, uh, certain sizes of the brands, the hot ones, the ones a consumer want. In order for you to do that, to have those in your store, you must carry the ones that may not sell as well. They're not hot. They're not popular. Uh, it's a different line altogether of the cigar. You right. tried it. It didn't work. You must now carry it in order to carry the one. Now, you've done other retail in your past life. Do you see that outside of the cigar? I like, have never. No. But I understand the cherry picking, which is what they call it, of I only want the cream of the crop certain one. And I understand that, um, you know, that's unfair to the company and to everybody else of you just want, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're selling automobiles. You just want the red Lexus because the red Lexus is hot. You're a Lexus right. dealer. I'm not carrying any other color, but red, that's the majority of what people want. I'm making that up. Right. I don't know. But let's assume that what it is. And the company Lexus would say, no, you got to carry the white one and the black one and the blue one too. But 80% of the people are buying the red ones. All I want is red ones. You can't. You can't be well, a Lexus you got, dealer. You've not- got Dodge. Dodge does it with their Viper. They come out with the Super Viper every year right. and there's only a handful of dealerships that get it and it's the dealerships that do the best with the Dodge the regular, Ram truck. The regular one, right. It has nothing to do with the Viper. Mm-hmm. So you can't just pick the most sought after brand, size, line, or limited edition and, and I'm okay with that it, to, but to actually take it out of that and say, but you have to carry all these of this and all these of that and all this of this other one in order to have that one. It's, it's taken it to an extreme at that point. Now, I saw this happen way back, and then it went away. You know, it's who's wagging the tail. I'm the retailer. I'm spending my money. 
I'm the customer and the manufacturer who are the, the people that I'm buying from is now, instead of me telling them what I want, they will tell me what I can have. I don't like that situation. I like to be wagging the tail, sure. not the tail wagging the dog, right? Forcing brands to retailers that manufacturers, in some cases, can't sell. So we have this dog. It's not going well. You must carry a whole bunch of these in order well, to get the one you already carry. And it goes a little further than that, right? Sometimes it's not just carry. You have to display them. Yeah, which then has an opportunity cost on top of the cost. Well, I'm sure that there's been It's called companies. showcasing. You must mm -hmm. showcase that brand for whatever reason they want that end up showcasing. I'm sure there's companies that said, yeah, I'll just buy the 10 facings I got to buy and put them in the back so that I can get the one special one that I know is I'm going to yeah, be able let to me, move. Let me do the math on that. that <laughs> you can't sell one thing and have to buy 10 that doesn't sell because you're going to lose money. I, I say it all the time that in this industry, you can't be like a baseball player and bat 300. You True. have to bat 900 in this industry. Mm -hmm. You bat 300, you're going bankrupt. So you cannot take a whole bunch of stuff that cannot sell or does not sell and um, take the thing that does and it's gone in two seconds and now you're stuck with the whole bunch of stuff that doesn't sell. Or you'll become a bad retailer in respects that you will now force that upon the consumer that doesn't want it either and say you have to do this and i've saw people put um packs together retailers put pack online guys and stuff and you you want this um uh weaselito right? right weasel we weaselito weaselito so you have to buy these five other things and this is the sixth one that comes in here in order to get this one that you want that happens because they may make you buy these other ones and you put this now back to the cigar boom days there was really hot brands that were out there, and then people would take a whole bunch of dogs, not even associated with the company, different companies, get all their dogs, put them together, and then put one of the cherries in the pack. You want the cherry, and you're willing to take the other ones you don't even want. I think it's just all around bad Although, business. But what Although, about don't, don't you find some retailers do that as well with the sampler packs yeah. they're offering online? Sure. It's like, Okay, I got to get rid of this stuff, so right. I'll put this valuable one in. Yeah, here. yeah. Here's the one you want. Yeah. Raining? Seems to be. Yeah, right. I'm like, what, is something blowing up? I'm <laughs> looking for smoke? Yeah. Uh, but isn't there something to the manufacturer wanting their retailers to be a good retail partner and support their brand? They And, and, and retailers should do it, but the forcing of it is, is the problem that I have. The... Um, I'm a guy that signs the front of the check. The guy that signs the front of the check should have a little more say than the guy signing the back of the check. Don't you think? As a customer, sure. Um, You're not going to go into Walmart and have Walmart say to you, you can't buy this unless you buy that. You buy whatever the hell you want. Yeah. There's a skew on it. You can buy it. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm seeing more of it. I, and I want to push back because the more you're accepting of it, Mr. Retailer, the worse it gets, and we lived through it through the cigar boom uh, days of the, in the 90s, and, and it seems to be happening again. Again, it becomes a supply and demand issue. We're in a shortage happens. at the yeah. moment. So does that mean that the manufacturer is in a 
greater position of power because yes. there is a shortage. Yes. And here they are already playing the power play, right? It's, mm. it's, it's starting to happen. But not everybody's doing it. So the ones that are doing it are kind of red flagging themselves that they're on the douchey side. The problem is that as the retailers do it, accept it, the next retailer does it. This is how it happened before. Again, I'm, I'm an older guy that I've been in this business for a long time, and I'm seeing the beginning stages of, what, of what's happening here. And then when that ends up happening, the retailer now is forced to end up trying to get rid of their cigars, and then they do it to you, the retailer, level that, yeah, you got to buy some of these in order to get that. How do you like it? You don't like it either. I don't like it either, and th this is what's going on. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do with do about it i want to uh that's the idea of today just to say this goes on in the cigar industry maybe you're in a different industry and it goes on in your industry too i don't know uh, i just know know this industry uh what is the pushback how how can you push back shelf space is a tough thing in a cigar store and when all of a sudden a manufacturer says to you you got to carry 85 facings of this, 125 facings of that. I'm not talking about little amounts, folks. I'm talking about, you know, an average store has, say, 300 facings in their store, and a manufacturer says to you, we need 100. In order for They're you to have this, you have to do 100. They, they control your store. And this happened to me with Philip Morris. Mm. When we were in the cigarette business of Two Guys right. Smoke Shop, Philip Morris says, you know, nationally, we're 50% of every cigarette sold in the, in the United States. Therefore, we must have 50% of your store. Well, I was much like I am in the cigar business. I was in the cigarette business where we carried all the boutique cigarette brands, too. So we had hundreds of different cigarette brands. Mm. And Philip Morris, Marlboro, was not... 50% of my business because I carry so many different other things. Yeah, sure, That's man. how we are in the, in the cigar business too. Correct. We carry 1,100 different things, not 300. So nobody is 10% of our business. Nobody is 10% of our business, let alone 33% of right. our business. And now it gets demanding of we must have 33% of your shelf space in order for you to have and this. That That's a bad idea in any business to have a single supplier who's supplying one-third. And it would be bad for the supplier the other way for them to do – 30% of their business is one of our one retailer. Right. Oh my God. Because that retailer stops with you, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, Manufacturers that make cigars for other people are in the same boat as well. A guy like AJ Fernandez, how deep does he want to get in with one specific company? Yeah. Because if they shut him off, it's over. You, Jesus Fuego felt that. Yes. When, uh, Rocky pulled Edge away from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so I hate it. <laughs> and I want to let you know that I that I hate this, uh, but this is what's going on, um, and it's the again the early stages of the supply and demand issue. It's they have the upper hand right now. The manufacturer has the upper hand, but it's a it seems to me like a short term play, like something that a manufacturer would do that is really only looking at this next year's worth of sales, not looking at the long term play. Of their brand and their company. Well, what happens in some of these bigger companies is they have CEOs and they have um, guys at the at the top. The new guy they hired to fix the problem, and he's coming in and cleaning oh, up. But his job, and Ed, you you know the corporate world better than I do. His job is to move the needle this year to get his bonus. Mm -hmm. 
yep. what happens out there of destruction of the brand and the feeling of the person you're selling to and all that means nothing. His only job is to move the needle to this point and he gets the big bonus. He does. He does it the second year in a row and then it becomes unsustainable because at that point you, you've ruined your relationships and all this happened and year three they fire him. They bring the next guy in and say, <laughs> okay, here's the problem. We have a bad relationship with him. and he tries to, and this circle jerk goes over and over and over. Yep. That's what happens, yeah, right? That's what happens. doesn't matter what it is. No. And here it is in, in the same industry. Um, so we don't see it much with the little companies. Um, yes, I do hear, um, you know, we don't want, want cherry picking and, sure. you know, just don't pick the, the red Corvette. You know, we, you need to sell other Corvettes too. I get it. And that's the way it should be. There's a fairness, right? Almost like the fairness act at that point of, yeah, be fair with us. We're going to be fair with you. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I'm starting to see unfair practicing happening again of dramatic proportions. Oh my God, 184, 126. To me at 1100 facings, it's still going to be uh, under the 10% thing, but to some of these stores with 300, 400 facings and stuff, it's 25, 35% yeah. of their overall store. They own the store at that point because we want that certain product. And if you're, if you're deep in with that product, this, this is actually sometimes even an existing product, a product, not something that's hot that we want to bring in. We already have it. We've had it for a long, long time. Now, all of a sudden, mm. this is what you have to do. We want this from you or else you don't have it. And I've been on the receiving end of that or else yes, you before. Have. And, you know, you come in, how, how come you don't carry this one and this one? There's a long right. story behind it. I'm not going to talk about it on, on the show and dig my dirty laundry. I did that once and that was a mistake. <laughs> but um, that stuff happens. And um, I don't know, it's just my nature of fighting back. You dig your heels in. Yeah, uh, which is sometimes bad. You know, I'm sorry I did it in some cases. Um, but every single case whether I did it or not, I was rightful to do it. And I'm, because what I'm trying to do is protect the overall integrity and business structure of my own retail well, store. Well, you got 20 employees you got to look yeah. after. Everybody's got to get paid. Mm. And their family and all that. So that's what it goes down to. One other thing uh, that seems like diabolical to me when it comes to this is chumming the water, we call it. And that's done when, okay, we'll get the retail store to build the brands, get it going, then put an action like this into place. And then, obviously, people want this brand because you've built it to, the, to this level. And if you pull out, we already have in line where that customer is going to go, which is the online source right. that they may or may not own. So, yeah, we're going to pull out of it. Okay, we're not going to be able to do it, so we're out. That's okay, too, because we'll sell it to them directly at that point. So that becomes very diabolical at that point, looking at that and saying, Ugh. you know, um, we talked about the sh cigar shortages last week. This is part of w with every action comes a reaction. Everything that ends up happening, that happens. When that reaction happens now, the reaction, you know, the ball's in my court now. What I want to do, then I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, discontinue it, and then pay the penalty for it, or do what they end up saying and pay the penalty on the back end. That in order for me to take on those brands, some must go. Right. 
some must go. There may be a better margins that are more popular that are, you know, in order to take the dogs that I have to take, something has to go. And what a shame. It's a little company that we do very good with. And they have to go because the, 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 these other people are demanding these actions upon myself. So uh, what do I do? What would you do, uh, consumer? You know, uh, you have your favorite brand that you want in my store, and all of a sudden I got rid of that store because of this long story. So I'm telling you, all you know is it disappeared. So uh, are you going to brand switch within that store and stay with that store? Or are you going to leave that store and go to the place that carries it to you? Because they, they actually did a bad thing to you. You like that cigar, and now they're not carrying it for you. you you're taking it personal. What about you. in the case of... Of guaranteed exclusivity because we've I, I know of this because of working the trade show and different players in the industry, bigger stores, bigger chains, saying I will take on all of it if I get exclusivity in my territory. It's Is not, that it's not good for the brand and it's not good for them either because now it becomes almost a house brand that nobody else has it but you. Now, now what's the value of that? And we're talking about already tried and proved brands that the manufacturer shouldn't want to do that. So in your estimation, I don't it's want better it, to even as a retailer, I don't have the it. waters chummed with the other stores, even if it's local, so that people get used to seeing this, because there's not a whole lot of monogamy with cigar stores. So you see it in this store, store A, and you see it in store B, you see it in store C, and they're all within 10 miles of each other. That's a better play than just store A, the superstore carrying it. I would say that you yeah. with distribution, right? You want distribution. And, you know, generally nothing good comes of having a single source to go to. Yeah, I mean that, they they don't have to care as much about customer service, with the exception of when the single source becomes them, mm -hmm. right? So it builds up so much into the brick and mortar, and then all of a sudden. Um, yeah, you can't get it anymore. We're the only ones that have it. Or it gets built up in brick and mortar and online. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the online, we're going to discontinue the entire online presence of it. We want to protect this. And the only one that can sell it online is us. Right. So, so now there's that play that ends up happening. This is just not in the cigar industry. This is in luxury goods. But keep in mind, cigars are luxury goods. Right. So you watch that. And that's part of what I end up doing is looking in other industries. And I make determinations, not necessarily on the cigar industry, but I know that the CEOs of these big companies are looking at other industries. So am I. So I can make the best decision for, for me on back history of what has happened to a shoe manufacturer, a pocketbook manufacturer, it doesn't matter, automobile manufacturer, they did this move, which, you know, you start looking at it and say, wow, this sounds familiar, not in the cigar industry, but this happened in such and such industry. You take a look at it and you go, oh my God, they're modeling after this. Right. That's what they, they teach in Harvard is, is these case study type of things. So look at the case study of something else that happened like this and try to make an intelligent decision of if I don't take the product in, what happens to me and my store and my customer? If I do take it, what ends up happening? Because right now it seems to be people are putting these lines in the sand. If you want to have this limited release product, you must carry all these things all year round in order to get this or else you're not going to get it. And you know your customer wants it. What a funny situation this is. Funny. It, 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 again, back to it's another, F, it's another F word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and I scratch my head. I try to figure out what to do, and you wonder what, what, what I'm doing, scribbling down these pros and cons. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I put a line in the, in the piece of paper, pros and cons, what is happening there. I want my whole job is for you, the consumer, uh, to give a uh, great experience when you come into our store, when you buy from us online, when you uh, um, you you're selection that you have in here the best i can possibly have but sometimes we don't have that product because of some actions that are taking sure uh by another manufacturer and we, and we have to make a call a margin call at that point and uh we're here again and um other manufacturers are doing it and others are online to do it with the success of how it ends up happening so that is something you may not know in the cigar industry that's going on um enjoying the the uh Wizzolito. Yeah, a little orange herbal tea mm. and cinnamon tea with milk combined. Yeah. Uh, we, we got to give it to them. Yeah, because we're getting deeper to the flavor notes. And next month, we're going to get more into that, too. So that's it. We'll catch you Saturday on the Cigar Authority. Stick the linen in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.